So the second argument why I'm not a Christian is something that I feel like people don't really talk about a lot. When I bring it up to Christians, they are sort of perplexed by it and generally haven't been confronted by it, haven't been confronted with the seriousness of it. And this is the failed prophecies of Jesus. There are, uh, this appears in all three Gospels, where Jesus makes prophetic declarations about some event. And he says very dramatic things, like the heavens will open and you know, all the knees will bow and everyone will, will confess. Everyone will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds with glory and that moons will be shattered and the sun... I'm not quoting verbatim here. I'm just giving you the idea. You can look this up. And it's this really dramatic, incredible vision of... It just feels like Revelation. It's, you know, if you read Revelation, the end of the world, apocalypse, whatever. That's what it sounds like. Then he says this. He says, this is, this is, really, this is really wild. He says... This generation will not pass away until these things have happened. Seems like a pretty strong prophecy, right? Okay, now, obviously, there was not an apocalyptic thing where the sun blew up and, and every knee bowed. That didn't happen. Okay, so, what do apologists say? What are the best explanations for this? Before I say what, a, what Christian apologists say, I want to first talk about failed prophecy in general. It turns out that prophecies are very common. It turns out that Christian churches, different levels of charismaticness, will make fail, will make prophecies. They'll, they'll make legit prophecies. And oftentimes they don't come true. Here's an example. Take the Mormon church. Christians generally think Joseph Smith was, a, was not you know, God or, or not holy. But he did make prophecies. So as Christians, we can say, okay, well, Let's look at what Joseph Smith did and what were his prophecies. And here's one example. This is also very rough, but Joseph Smith said, hey, there's this church in this certain specific spot in upstate New York. Uh, the temple of God is going to be built at that corner on that plot of land. And, uh, and it's going to happen before I, before I die. You can go there today. There's no church there. So Christians would say, well, of course he was wrong. I mean, he wasn't a prophet. But what do Mormon apologists say? Well, Mormon apologists, they will say things like this. They'll go, I'm, gonna, I'm making this up, but this is the kind of thing they would say. They would say, well, you got to understand, you know, when Joseph said this church, if you look at other places in Mormon sort of theology, this church is, is a term that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, a, a building, but this church, you know, here, Hiram Smith referred to this church as, as the body of believers and and being planted in this location, he didn't mean this exact corner of the hill. What he meant is this location in this city. And, and what we did see was a tremendous revival in the city. And then, and, and this, you have a, you get the idea, right? It's not that they're like fools. It's that their only option is to try and explain this, right? The only option they have on the table is to try and make it seem rational to keep believing in Joseph Smith, even though he had a failed prophecy. And you get this kind of thing where you, you just, you're doing some intellectual jujitsu to, to get around the fact that it failed. You're going, well, what did he mean by this? And what did he mean by that? And this was metaphorical and actually yada, yada. And it's just this, it's this game and it's, 
It happens everywhere there's failed prophecies. You look at charismatic churches, like for example, IHOP. Some of my favorite worship and favorite musicians at any church, but they're very prophetic and what happens is their prophecies fail. And so they'll do this kind of move where they'll say, yeah, you know, actually I meant this. Another example, take Harold Camping, saying the world was gonna end in, what was it, 2009? I don't remember what it was. Didn't happen. And after the first time it didn't happen, he went, oh, thank God, everyone. God has it, God did judge the world in a spiritual way. And the phys I was right, he judged the world spiritually and now the physical judgment's coming next. And I, it's just, you look at these people and you go, I get it, I get that you're trying your best, but it, it just, it all has the, it all rings true with this thing where you're backed into a corner and to get out, you have to, just do some intellectual jujitsu. You have to scramble. You have to kind of say, you kind of have to say, well, you know, uh, what do you mean by this? So hopefully I have you on board that when people need to explain false prophecies, they'll do things like trying to show that the words that seem to mean this thing actually mean this other thing and that, you know, that's actually metaphorical and yada, yada, yada. Okay, so now let's go back to Jesus' failed prophecy. Sorry, sorry, Jesus' prophecy. He says, there'll be fire in the heavens, and the Son of Man will come down in the clouds and glory, and every knee will bow, and the moon will blow, and you know, the, the rulers of the world, and every tongue will confess, and this generation will not pass away. So what do Christian apologists say? Well, we, know, we already know what they're going to say. We learned from the Mormons. We learned from Harold Camping. They're going to say, well, you got to realize when he said this generation, you know, if we look back in the, in the Greek, this generation, it, it could also, it's been used somewhere else to refer to just the, the, the zeitgeist of the time, the culture of the time. And the fact is that, you know, this was the, the initiation of modernity and, and the rise of Christianity. And so the Christianity will not pass away until he returns, right? Or maybe they'll say something like a preterist, for example, would say, well, actually, you know, these, these fire in heaven and the signs in heaven... This is actually in reference to Daniel, where it was it, he didn't really mean fire in heaven. He just meant kind of this, this apocalyptic imagery that was meant to represent just judgment in general. And, and that actually did happen. It turns out that the temple was demolished. And, and you know, maybe physically not every knee bowed, but, you know, the Constantine, the Roman Empire, etc. And what I just laid out there, you know, in kind of a tongue-in-cheek way, are really the arguments. And I just, I don't find it convincing. I think he just had a failed prophecy. I think he just had a whoopsie. C.S. Lewis, I believe called this the most embarrassing verse in all of Christianity. And he contends with this full on. He says, yeah, this, this Jesus was, did, this prophecy didn't come true. But he just defends it in other ways, right? But it seems to me that if a guy does have failed prophecies, you know, he's just, He's probably not really super connected to God. So I find it to be a very compelling argument. And I find the counter arguments, the apologetics of it, to just be not convincing, just like the Mormons are not convincing, just like Harold Camping was not convincing.